told everyone good Arab Shabbos the Torah speaks always about current events so in this week's Parsha the Torah talks about flags and uh, this Sunday there will be a procession of flags. So, uh, <clears throat> Torah undoubtedly had that in mind as well. So we read in the Parsha that uh, each of the tribes had a flag, a banner. So when the Torah does not describe for us what the flags looked like, that's left to the Medrash. And there really is no unanimity in the Midrashim, but there's a certain basic theme that gives us a... uh, an idea of what the flags were and why they were important. So, uh, for the concept of a flag itself is one of the remarkable uh, emotional and psychological phenomena regarding human beings. Why should we care about a piece of cloth? But throughout human history, uh, the flag has come to represent more than a piece of cloth. And uh, uh, there are, uh, the United States has a national anthem about a flag. And and for until our time, until mechanized and industrial warfare on a great scale occurred, uh, you, you basically won the battle if you captured the other side's flag. And there were flag bearers. You usually got killed. But it was such an honor to carry the flag that they always had people willing to do it. So the Torah recognizes that psychological insight. And the Torah says that each of the tribes needs a flag. So the flag was the rallying point for the uh, tribe. The flag was meant to symbolize what the tribe was. What is its mission? Why is it a separate tribe? What are its talents? And also the flag indicates the uniqueness of each and every tribe. So we don't find that there was one flag for all of Claudius. 
we find that there were 12 flags for the 12 tribes. The tribe of Levi did not have a flag. We'll discuss in a minute why Levi is omitted. But according to the Medrash, the flags did a few things. One thing they do they did was to communicate history, the story of the tribe. So, for instance, on the flag of Ruvain were flowers because of the story of Yaakov and Leah. That she found flowers. So that's odd. Why should that be? Uh, why should they be proud of that? But it was a symbol of the fact that Ruvain is the most, uh, I don't know how to put it nicely, but he's the most frustrated of all of the uh, sons. Whatever he does seems to be uh, not acceptable. He wants to guarantee uh, that Binyamin will return. And his father refuses his offer. Uh, He wants to save Yosef from the pit. Doesn't happen. He wants to... uh, protect and honor his mother it turns out uh, uh, that uh, the way he did it uh, brings upon him uh, the anger and criticism of his father he is supposed to be the firstborn and have the right to have two tribes and that's taken away from him given instead to Yosef. So the, and there's a, uh, a an undertow to him that uh, reverberates throughout the entire Chumash. And later Tanakh, the Shevet Ruvain is in Everayardain, they're in Transjordan. They go into Golas first before anyone else tribe is decimated they had no show uh, fate that came from their tribe all of that is symbolized in the flag the flag is a flag of frustration of good intent but somehow it didn't work out and it's a reminder It's a reminder that uh, good intentions are always necessary, but they don't guarantee good results, which is one of the bitter lessons of life. What color was the flag of Ruvain? So according to many Midrashim, uh, the colors of the flags, the background color on the flags, were the same color of the stone that was on the breastplate of the Choshen 
of the stone that represented their tribe. Uh, so uh, it was uh, every flag had a different background color. And on that background color was painted or sewn or I don't know how uh, a, uh, a symbol. And uh, for, as I mentioned, tribe of Ruid, the symbol was uh, the representative of the flowers that he picked for his mother. There are Mephorshim who say an interesting thing that since the Torah uh, allowed, so to speak, Ruvain to have that on its flag, the Torah in effect is uh, justifying his behavior, is uh, rehabilitating him from... Uh, the negative criticism that his father leveled against him. And we find that in the uh, Torah, Yaakov Avinu is very harsh with Reuven. Reuven b'choriyata, reishis kochiv, reishis oni, you were supposed to be the greatest and he ruined it. And I can't deal with that. So, there's not a word of comfort in what Yaakov Avinu says to Ruvain. However, Moshe Rabbeinu, before he passes from the earth, and he blesses the Jewish people in Vizost Abracha. Now the tribe of Ruvain had always caused trouble to Moshe. Datan Vaviram Bnei Ruvain. Every uh, step of the way, uh, the tribe of Ruvain were the complainers. I mentioned there's a frustration to them. And yet Moshe says, to see Ruvain Valyomos, Vimitav Mispar. Great Ruvain, terrific. So I always mention here, uh, there's a great insight from uh, the name of uh, Rabbi Tzolika Koin of Lublin, the great Hasidic Rebbe. Really, one of the seminal thinkers of the 20th century. We have, we have over 70 books of his, and I'm told there's another 70 in manuscript yet. Genius of uh, unequal proportions. So he says, "Look at uh, Yaakov Avinu." He uh, he wipes the floor with Ruvain. He says, yeah, "No good." 
And Moshe Rabbeinu, who suffered so much from Shevet Ruvain, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, Yechiv Ruvain, Val Yomos, Vimasov, Misport, great, great, great. So what's the difference between Moshe and Yaakov? So he says a brilliant insight. He says it's the difference between a parent and a teacher. A parent always sees what's missing in the child. Why didn't you get a hundred? You're going to marry her? You don't want to go into the business? You want to go to this yeshiva? Parents are disappointed. It's a losing proposition. You never win. You have to accept it, but you never win. Because parents have invested too much. They want to live their own life over again with the child, through the child. And the child is a different entity completely. And uh, therefore, uh, Yaakov is frustrated. (coughs) Ruvain is not what he wanted him to be. Moshe is a teacher. The teacher sees what was accomplished with a child. The child came in and he was a 75 student and now he's an 85? Wow! So the parent, 85, is not good enough to the teacher. That's my accomplishment. I got him up to be an 85. It's a different perspective. Therefore, Moshe can say, Yichi Ruvain Val Yomos Vimasov Mispa. Gavaldik Ruvain, terrific, proud of him. And therefore Moshe rehabilitates Ruvain from the criticism of his father. And because of that, Ruvain puts on the flag the incident to show that there are uh, two opinions regarding it and that it's not necessarily a negative thing. You see the same thing with the flag of Shimon. What was on the flag of Shimon, the Medrash says? It was a... uh, picture of the city of Shem, of a walled city, fortress. Now what's the story with Shem? Shem is a very difficult place for the Jewish people throughout history. Chazal called it Mokamuchan Leperonius. There are places that are flashpoints. There are places that Unfortunate things occur there. No one is ever going to build a spa in Auschwitz. 
That's just the way it is. So, uh, the city of Shechem was destroyed by Shimon and Levi. Flags, the importance of flags. And uh, the uh, Yaakov Avinu said, Shimon Levi Achimeim, their brothers, Klechomus Mecheroseim, they're violent people. They destroyed the city, killed out everybody in Shechem. They wanted to kill Yosef. I don't want to have anything to do with them. But so do Maltovo Nafshi. Don't mention them with me. He's practically disowning them. And he says the only uh, uh, cure, so to speak, to their behavior, to their nature, is achalkeim biyakov afitzeim biyisroel. If to scatter them, they can't be united. They can't be a, a critical mass. They have to spread them all over. In other words, they have to be individuals, not a not a tribe. And we find that the uh, words of Yaakov uh, were fulfilled naturally. Uh, the tribe of Shimon never was able to conquer its own territory. It was always absorbed by Yehuda. The Levim never owned any uh, property in Eretz Israel. They were always uh, had to be supported by the community. So, again, they said to Yaakov Avinu regarding their sister Dina, Yaakov said, look what you did. You killed out the city. Well, now it's going to be a war. And they're going to hunt me. You know, it'll be al all over again. I don't know who needed it. Don't provoke them. And they answered him. They said, Shall we let our sister be treated as a harlot? The Torah makes no further comment. The Torah leaves it there. So again, from a negative act, the tribe of Shimon made it a source of their pride. Don't start up with us. You want, uh, you know, you want trouble? We'll give you trouble. You cannot take us for granted. Throughout the long exile of the Jewish people, so... uh, in almost all circumstances, we had no ability to protect ourselves. But the Jewish people, by nature, 
have uh, talents in uh, war and strategy. We see all that throughout Tanakh. see that in the Bayesheni. All the historians agree that the most difficult battle the Romans ever had was here. Took them seven years to conquer Jerusalem. The Jews are ferocious. So Shimon wanted to make that point. So they put on their flag the city of Shem. That's their statement. Achazona Yasis Achosenu. And when we see Moshe and Kaviochal heaven, allowed it to be on the flag. They didn't say take it off. They didn't say it's too provocative. There are other, uh, Yehuda is the main tribe. So on its flag is the, a lion. Gurarya Yehuda. He's the king of the, of the animal uh, world. I remember when I was, uh, and I've been, thank God, a number of times on safari in South Africa and in Tanzania and Kenya with the animals. It's very good for rabbis. So, uh, at night is when the predators usually do their work. And they don't kill for no reason. They only kill when they're hungry. Like a lion will kill once in a week. They hunt once a week. But when the lion uh, has killed the antelope, it roars. So in, in the middle of the night, uh, <laughs> lying in the hut, and then you hear this tremendous roar. Now, the night in the uh, national park is very noisy because you got all kinds of chirping and insects, and oh, it's, it's noisy. But when the lion roars, for an instant, everyone is quiet. Five seconds of silence. None of the other creatures make noise. I I thought about bringing a lion back to me in shul. But uh, that's the strength. That's why it's the king, the, the, the king of the beast, the king of the animal kingdom. So that's Yehuda. And Yehuda bears God's name, Kaviyochel. Yud, K, Vov, K are four of the five letters of Yehuda. And the survival of the Jewish people is through Yehuda. And most Jews are descended from Yehuda. Though there are Jews from all 12 tribes.
So on his flag, he makes the statement, you know, and, and the kings will come from Yehuda, lo yosr shevet mi Yehuda, umachokig mi bein raglov. So uh, the putting the lion on the flag is the way he asserts his uh, mission of being the leader of the Jewish people, being the tribe uh, that will uh, survive, so to speak, in strength and glory, and that the Jewish people will be named after him, Yehudim. There's a flag for the tribe of Yisochar too. Yisochar were the Talmidei Chachamim. They were the Torah people. And they were supported by their brother Zvulun. They had a partnership arrangement. That uh, Zvulun would uh, support Yisochar, and Yisochar agreed to share the reward for the study of Torah with Zvulun, even though Zvulun never opened the book. It's a great concept. That we say that in Davning, Everybody has a chalik. Everybody has a share in Torah. So some people's share is the hours they spend studying. Or that he's able to be in a yeshiva or a kolel or to write svarim, whatever. That's his profession. Others have the chalik in supporting it. In enabling it for it to exist. So that person also is entitled. So like you buy shares in a company and the company does very well. You're entitled to your dividends. You're entitled to the growth of your investment. And therefore, uh, Yisochar and Zvulun are a pair. Now, on the flag of Yisochar was the uh, sun and the moon and stars, because Yode Itim Labino, they were the ones that were in charge of the calendar, the Talmidei Chachamim, the Sanhedrin. They were the ones that were the astronomers. They were the ones that. Uh, so to speak, in, in all of the, the realm of knowledge, uh, they were the tribe. And therefore, they proclaimed that on their flag. Zvulun proclaimed on its flag ships because they were the merchants. They were the high tech. They exported, imported, Sailed around the the Mediterranean. And so therefore on their flag they had their ships. And uh, that again 
symbolized their mission. One of the uh, great mistakes that happened to, to people in life is when they try to accomplish someone else's mission and they ignore their own. Each of us has a talent. Each of us has a a position. Each of us has circumstances. Each of us has a personality. Kotzka used to say in his famous aphorisms, he said, if I am I and you are you, then you are you and I am I. But if I am you and you are I, I am not I, and you are not you. And that says it all. And that has to do with with a lot of things in life. You have to have your own... uh, the, the Gemara, Tesu says, the quotes of Gemara, that Rebbe, Bebira Anossi, used to ask the Talmudim at the beginning of the semester, at the beginning of the Zman, so he asked his students, what do you want to learn? And he taught them what they wanted to know. So maybe they didn't want Boba Metziah. They wanted to learn something else. I remember when I uh, made the yeshiva in Muncie and I consulted with Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, who was uh, really an extraordinarily clever, holy person. So he told me a few rules. The first rule he told me is, you should remember the yeshiva is made for the students, not for the teachers. Not for the rabbeim. That's, I, I didn't understand then what he meant, but after a few months I understood very well what he meant. Because sometimes the teacher, you know, The teacher wants to teach calculus, and it's called algebra. You start again, you know, you're, you're not talking to the audience. And that's one of the great dangers in yeshiva education. Because, uh, God forbid, if a student is once turned off to Torah study, it's very hard to get him back again. So, Yisachar, the great people of Torah, that's their job. Zvulun, this is your job. And that's true in in all facets of life, in government and in uh, manufacturing in finance, everybody has a role to play. If you play the other person's role, you're going to run into trouble. 
remember uh, uh, there was a, a man uh, in a community, and uh, he took an ad in the paper, in the Jewish paper, that uh, he's opening up an office, he's a financial advisor, and that anyone who wants advice and finances and investments should come to him. So uh, someone asked him what was his what were his credentials. In other words, did he go to the Wharton School of Finance and get an MBA from Harvard? What you know, like? So he said, no, he was a weatherman. He used to. It was a meteorologist. Being a meteorologist doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be a financial advisor. But people would rather be a financial advisor than a meteorologist. And that, so therefore, there are a lot of unfulfilled people because they are doing what they don't want to do and what they're not cut out to do. and not what they're supposed to do. So the symbol of the flags was to remind every tribe, this is your job. This is who you are. This is what you have to work at. And uh, therefore, uh, the flags are very important because of the fact that's involved in the what is on the flag. The last point I want to make is that there's a medrash that says there were psukim on the flags too. Mikomocha, Shema Yisrael. There were psukim on the flags too. Now we have a zeicher to the flags always. I always... You know, in today's world, uh, you don't see it. But uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, Jewish synagogues had flags on the bima. Not just flags of the governments that they lived in, but Jewish flags. And uh, Simchas Torah always was with flags for the children. Because of the fact that that symbolism speaks to the emotions and to the minds of people. And therefore we find in this Parsha the Torah spends a great deal of time to describe the flags and each of the tribes because in it we have an insight into the tribe itself. So Shabbat Shalom everyone. Thank you for coming. And next week we'll still be on the Mirza Shem Gamuli. Have a very good chance.